0: What a week. What a week it's been. <laughs> Evacuate the it children. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really is too good. It really is too good. Uh, welcome, everyone, to week 14, episode 32 of the Failcast, a Bach and Bort project. I am Bach, and here's Bort. How are you? How's your week starting out? It's, oh my gosh.
0: My week started off great. Um, I made three trades yesterday alone. Um, Hence our introduction to this podcast. Um, Yesterday was quite insane. This week we've had seven trades, six of them coming yesterday.
1: All, yeah, I think, and I think that I am saying this with quite, quite a bit of confidence that that's the most trades that have been actually executed and like done on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I think we had, I think we had some movement last year at the trade deadline, like actually on the deadline itself but not to this extent. And the names that have been moved even this week have been big time names. Um, and I don't think we saw that nearly, nearly as much, uh, last year as we did even in the past four days.
0: No, I would say last year, a lot of, if a big name went, it was right after our startup draft. Like after people were drafted, they were like, ah, I kind of want to move some people around. You know, like Ben, like that's when we saw Christian McCaffrey move, uh, for Tua, a bunch of other young players, some picks and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but then after that, you know, then you made the move for Patrick Mahomes. I made the move for Tyreek Hill. So, like, a lot of the big names moved before the season started. And then it was pretty quiet. And even even up, like, this last offseason, too, there wasn't a whole lot of trading. Um, I think, mm-hmm. like, one of the main trades was, like, Matt moving from six to three and trading Michael Thomas fields and stuff like that otherwise there really wasn't like a ton of, um other than i think you moved up as well into a couple spots but it wasn't until the draft um which is kind of yeah. crazy so this year has been it was really fun it was really fun to watch the trades come in and just uh just really like i don't know it's fun watching trades happen in my opinion
1: I mean that's what that's what makes fantasy so fun especially in a format like this. If we were going to do a redraft league every year I've like I don't even do those kind of leagues anymore just cuz they're boring. They pale in compare they they pale in comparison. And boor- I know I know that I told you this before you were a part of the old league was you were like, "Hey, do you want to do fantasy?" I'm like, "Honestly, like I will because because I love it, but it doesn't those redraft formats don't have the allure anymore, not only because you can have the same team long term, but like trades really don't, you don't, don't really, you don't really sense, trade that right? much. It's, it's almost, it's and it almost, it's almost as if it functions like a best ball league with more roster management, right. like you draft the team and you hope they stay healthy and you hope they're good enough. To bring you to the championship, maybe there's a trade here or there, but not to the extent that we that we're seeing in the regular season in this kind of format, where we had six trades in one day. Like that would never happen in a 14-team redraft at this stage of the season. I don't think.
0: No, definitely not. Because like if you're at the bottom, like why make a certain Tough, team better
1: out. because you're out anyways. So. Right. Right. Exactly. There's no long-term. There's no long-term thought for the teams that are at the bottom, like myself and. um, and Ben, who made a couple couple trades here as well, I think Ben made a trade or two, didn't he? Yeah, he traded for for Hertz, and we'll we'll get into that for sure. So, yeah, there's in a in a year over year format, there's not nearly the incentive for for teams at the bottom to make trades because oh, I'm just gonna have a new team next year, so what's the point now? Um, whereas here, hey, we're thinking long term. We're not thinking for next week. We're thinking for week fourteen in 2023. You know. Right. With that being
0: said, uh, why don't we hop right into our uh, playoff rankings and draft order and just kind of like who's going. Pete, you want to run through that?
1: Yeah, so uh, to start, this is as of the Monday night game. Um, We're recording this here on Tuesday. Jeremy's at 33 victory points. Um, Chris is at 32. Sam is also at 32, but he's in third due to the point difference between he and Chris. Looks like there's 19 or 1,941 points for Chris versus 1,909 for Sam. So Chris leapfrogs Sam there for the number two overall seed. Sam's in third, like I said, with 32. Then comes Mark along with 31. Uh, Jonathan um, after that is in fifth with 27. And then, Josh officially doubled up by Jonathan. Josh has 13 victory points, but is ahead, but is uh, the sixth highest scoring team in the league with 16.06. But Eli, not far behind, only needs to outscore Josh by 21.3 points. Uh, to leapfrog Josh for that final playoff spot. So Jeremy, Chris, Sam, Mark, Jonathan all have playoffs locked and loaded. Seeding may change depending on, how, on which of them fall into the top seven next week with three victory points on the line. But Josh and Eli, that is the point matchup to watch um, as we move forward here. So that is going to be something all of us are going to be – if you're not going to be paying attention to it, I would argue that you should just because it's going to make uh, these games on Thursday – Sunday and Monday, quite entertaining. Um, with even Najee for for Eli going right away on Thursday night, so um, big time player for Eli coming up uh, coming up here in a couple of days. So, and then with the draft order, um, I'll just hop right into that. Ben is locked in at one hundred and one, so Ben has no option. Um, he is locked and loaded for the Waffle House Challenge. His pick is going to be the first pick, which we'll get into a little bit uh, a little bit later. Ben no longer owns that pick. Um, and then brent your pick is locked in at 108 so 101 and 108 are locked in the book um, ends. however <laughs> yep 102 through 107 um, those are still remain those still remain to be uh to be kind of figured out and then as well obviously all of the first round picks from the teams that are in the playoffs those will get sorted out as uh as each week in the playoffs roll along so that's a little bit of a of a over overview of kind of what we're looking at as far as playoff seating. Um, I think the toilet bowl po- toilet bowl seating will, will, will get locked like locked in locked in, uh, after these matchups. So, um, we'll chat about that more next week, but playoffs are locked in, uh, minus Josh and Eli battling for that sixth, uh, sixth and final playoff spot.
0: Yeah. So the only, the, the only matchup that is locked in in the toilet bowl is me versus Ben, which is actually kind of fun. Um, and so it's it's actually super interesting. So you said Josh has the last spot. Eli is really the only team in the hunt at 21.2 mm-hmm. points behind. Um, it's actually super interesting. So week 14 because our, yeah, week 14, because we've already all played each other, the final week is strictly based on uh, the highest scoring seven teams. So even if you lose, and you're the and you're a top seven scorer. You're gonna get three victory points. So it's just kind of fun. It's really just a, it's basically rivalry week. You play someone who you know you might have some type of rivalry with. So it's really interesting because if Eli were to outscore Josh's team by 21.2 points, whatever he he passes Josh, Josh would then not be 109 to start the playoffs. Eli would be 109 and Josh would fall to 105. But that's crazy. But now hear me out. Uh Wisconsin Dan just put up like 150 points this last week. If his team were to somehow miraculously do something like that again and be a top 7 scorer and Josh is not a top 7 scorer, he would then pass Josh. Josh would drop to 104. And Wisconsin Dan would take over 105.
1: So I'm just gonna look on Sleeper to see who owns, unless you have it written down, who owns Josh's pick, his first round pick going into next year.
0: Uh, Dan, tech, uh, Wisconsin Dan does. Wisconsin. He Dan. He owns, owns Josh owns. and Marks.
1: So Josh, or er, so so Texas or er, uh, Wisconsin Dan is rooting for Josh to
0: get outscored by Eli
1: be, be and it, have Texas Dan also be a top seven scorer. it don't
0: matter because he owns Josh's and his pick so he'll own four and five no matter what as long as Eli outscores Josh okay
1: okay so if Eli outscores Josh Josh drops down to 105 or
0: 104 but it doesn't matter to Wisconsin Dan because he owns both of those picks
1: Yep, he owns his own pick, and he owns Josh's pick, not to mention Mark's first-round pick as well. So if Mark gets bounced uh, week one in the playoffs, because he's not going to have a bye, um, if he gets bounced week one in the playoffs, Wisconsin Dan could be looking at 104, 105, and then 109. Would that be the earliest Mark's pick could be?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think depending on what Kamara does for his team, I think he gets beat in the first round. Um, so I think that would make his pick one oh nine or one ten. I mean, it's one of the bottom two. Whoever, whoever yep. else loses, um, I think. I just don't know. I don't know if I trust Eli's team. I think Eli is going to end up at one oh nine, um, which I don't think he owns his pick. Um, and then I think that uh, Mark is going to end up at one ten. So the likelihood is 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 Wisconsin Dan will have pick one oh four. Could have it'll either be 104, 109, and 110, or it'll be 104, 105, and 110. That's crazy that he'll have back to back picks regardless.
1: Likely, likely that's not guaranteed, but that's what I believe. No, it's not. Yeah, so there is. While it may on the surface seem like there's not much happening or not much movement at coming into week 14, that's that's possible. They're absolutely. Are uh, are implications that extend far beyond uh, this season uh, wrapping up. It 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 goes so far as to okay if I'm if I'm Wisconsin Dan I'm not even really wanting to sell those picks, and if I do I'm not wanting to sell them until I absolutely know where they fall in the draft because like you said it could it could go anywhere from Josh's be- pick being 109 and Mark let's say he wins a playoff matchup being 112 right, right. like to if Josh doesn't even make the playoffs and Mark gets bounced round one, like that's a huge difference. So um, there's a week left. We have what till Monday night to execute trades. And then we have no trading until the off season. Is that right? Correct. Yeah.
0: So you're kind of like, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like I've heard a lot of people say the 22 draft class is not as strong as what previously or this possibly coming next year is looking like. So like, like, you're like, okay, I want to kind of maybe sell my picks for some players if other people believe in this draft class, but then right. you know, well, what if I sell Josh's pick thinking it's 109 and it turns into be 104, 105, then right. it becomes so much more significant. But if you wait too long,
1: and I and I get and I get a choice at one of the two top two non-quarterback positions at 105, right, like depending on how many some running backs, how many quarterbacks. are going to be taken, 101, yeah. 102, you know, yeah. Yeah, so it's, there's,
0: there's a lot of movement. There's a lot to watch. Uh, I mean, obviously, the final playoff spot draft order is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to watch going into this week.
1: And speaking of lots of movement, like you said, I think that's a perfect transition. Uh, let's, actually, let's actually talk about the, the trades that, that happened over this past week. Um, I'll start us off. The first one, this one kind of came as a shock right away. Excuse me, but now I'm not so shocked at it anymore. Uh, Mark, CMC's out for the year. So Mark decides to cut ties with CMC and gets a healthy running back, um, albeit not nearly as talented. Um, Mark trades Christian McCaffrey for Miles Gaskin, and I think it was one first, three seconds, and a third. Is that? Yeah, it's a
0: 23, or here we go. It's Ben's 22 second, which is going to be 201 201. or
1: 201 and
0: then we got sam's 22 third which is going to be a late third we have um sam's 23 second and we have sam's 24 first and sam's 24 second along with miles gaskin for christian mccaffrey
1: i think that's actually super fair um yeah, I think now we can we can officially say that we can't bank on Christian McCaffrey being healthy for a full season. You just can't. Last two years, and last two years, what what was it? Last year, shoulder. Well, it came off something was first.
0: That? He was out for the first part of the year, and then he came back and hurt his
1: shoulder. Um, no, because he was he was healthy to start the year last year.
0: No, he was he was out to start. I thought I could be wrong anyways I'll ch- though i'll check yeah but i think it's obviously i don't think i mean sam didn't overpay which is what so. sometimes you would kind of expect for a player like christian mccaffrey but he's also hurt so i think i think fear uh mark got what he needed in order to believe that he has somewhat of a shot to possibly win again take home the empire pot and and mm-hmm. league which yeah. i don't know if it's enough you know but i mean he went he, he made three trades he made three different trades some really good trades he went all in um yep to win this year
1: and that's what and that's what you should do like if you're a contending team you shouldn't be sitting on picks right like you shouldn't be sitting on picks and you shouldn't be sitting on players that are good but hurt and do you no favors Right. like if you're truly all in and that's what that's what Mark uh, that's what Mark did, especially with uh, with this move was okay McCaffrey doesn't help me as a 26 year old healthy running back next year if I don't win. right Like that means I would need to have McCaffrey at age 26 and age 27 if let's say Mark were to obviously he won last year, loses this year, let's say, but then wanted to come back and try to win three out of the first four years. I mean, I don't think you can rely on any running back to be healthy, healthy and productive enough in a four-year stretch, no matter how young they are. So it's like for Mark, okay, I'll get a, I'll get a player who is, albeit much less talented than Christian McCaffrey, but it is at least going to be on the field and has opportunities to score me points if I put him in my lineup. So, um, and then for Sam's perspective, he's like, hey. Gaskin wasn't great for me anyway. I'll just plug in one of my receivers who's on my bench anyway instead of, instead of uh, Gaskin, and I'll have Josh Jacobs as my starting running back, and I'll be okay with that because we only have to start one of each position um, mandatory. One QB, one wide receiver, one tight end, one running back. So if I'm Sam, I'm like, all right, Josh, Jacobs, you're in my running back spot, and I'll, I'll figure out who else I'm going to put instead of, uh, instead of Gaskin. Well, and he's, and so. he's got
0: Chris Carson on his IR too. Yep. So, I mean, he's got I mean, Sam's looking at it like, okay, well, if I don't necessarily like Sam might be also looking at it like, hey, I'm number three in the league. If I were for some reason be able to win this year, I'm coming in next year with a Chris Carson and Christian McCaffrey.
1: And Josh Jacobs. Well, I'm
0: saying like, but he wins without them.
1: Oh, right, right, right. I'm adding a Chris Carson and a Christian McCaffrey to a team that already won it. I have Mike Evans. I have, um, I have Cortland Sutton. Debo Samuel TNL, and I have St- Stafford, Debo, guys like that. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. I so I, I'm with you. I think this is a great trade for both. Um, Mark cuts ties with a guy who isn't going to help him win this year, and that's Mark's ultimate goal uh, is to win this year. And Sam gets arguably one of the one of the top talents at running back, um, despite the injury history and concerns moving forward. I think it's a, it's a great deal for both.
0: I will say I lean more towards great for Sam, but I think that they both got what they needed.
1: But okay, if you're Mark, what's the point of holding on to Christian McCaffrey? That's, Let's say you lose this year. Are you really going to hold on to him for two more years, hoping you can win, but that's, like I said, three out of the first four years? That's, or do you think you can get more from McCaffrey middle of next year to a contender? That's what I'm getting at. Is Is that that's why that's why what I'm getting
0: at. Like That's where I'm like, you know when do you cut ties? So like, I think it's like obviously great for Sam. Cause he got it at the perfect time for him. You know, Mark maybe yeah. could have gotten more, but he got what he needed at this time. So it was a good trade for him. He got what he needed, but I would lean towards yeah. better for Sam, still good for Mark, but better for Sam.
1: I'll agree with you on that. I'll agree with you on but, that. But uh, next trade, not, not nearly as exciting, but, uh, <laughs> Knute said, sent K.J. Osborne to mark again uh, for what were the picks? It
0: was Sam's, so Sam's 22 third in this year's, yeah, so this year's draft, and then Sam's 23 second round pick. Okay. So, again, this is one of those where, like, good for both. I think Mark pounced at the right time. KJ Osborne is taking over as the wide receiver two, at least for this week. We'll see what Adam Thielen's yeah. recovery looks like, but Mark got him at the right time. I think got him for a really good price. The second and a third is really good, especially being they're both fairly late picks. Um, but I think that Canute was like, Who's- you know what? What if KJ comes out as the wide receiver two, Stinks it up. Like he's been a good wide receiver three for the Vikings, but we'll see what he can do as a wide receiver too.
1: I don't think even as a wide receiver two, I don't think he gets nearly enough targets to be startable.
0: Yeah, I mean he did enough. Like, I, I think th- he's done th- think enough th- as a wide those, receiver three to get some target I think share. those
1: targets, I think those targets go to Jefferson. I think ta- Jefferson gets over targeted probably the next handful of weeks, depending like you said on if Thielens out long term, and by long term I mean the rest of the year. Um, and I also think Conklin and. Running backs get some of those looks. I'm not saying Osborne doesn't get targeted if he's running there with uh with like the two wide receiver sets. I'm thinking he is absolutely out there, but I don't know if I don't know if Kirk is a guy to hyper target a guy just because his favorite target Adam Thielen isn't there anymore. But see, I don't know if he's gonna just autom- automatically assume hey all the all the throws I would throw to Thielen I'm just gonna throw to Osborne. I don't know if if that's if that's how they. I- how they think about I would normally
0: I would normally agree with you under any other quarterback circumstances but to me I think yeah Kirk is going obviously he's going to target Jefferson more but he's also not like the quarterback that is going to focus in on his main guy because of Thielen being out I don't think he's gonna be like oh I need to throw the ball to Jefferson more because Thielen's out he's someone that just throws to the wind like we threw our like we I mean, threw, we threw he's our he's game winning to C- opportunity to Conklin. Why are we throwing it to Conklin yeah. when you have Justin Jefferson on your team? Like that's what I'm saying is he's yeah. going to he's just going to go yeah, out there and he's going to wheel and deal and throw to whoever the heck he wants cuz he's a moron.
1: I mean, Kirk Cousins on 3rd and 8 was throwing checkdowns to CJ Ham. Yes. <laughs> so, and on 3rd okay. and on 3rd and 14
0: we're getting we're throwing a 4-yard pass like
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I think getting a third and a second is awesome for Kandu. yeah I don't think KJ Osborne is worth much more than that. Um, so getting a getting albeit a late third, but uh, a late third and twenty two, but twenty twenty three, if it's the draft class we all expect it to be, um, those seconds are going to be just as valuable as they were last year. I mean, we had Kadarius Tony go in the second, we had Elijah Moore go in the second round. And who's to say what roster, what rosters are going to look like going into twenty three? So, getting a second for uh, for KJ Osborne, uh, I think is an absolute. Uh, I would have even just taken a twenty three second right out, just right out the gate for Osborne. But to get a third as well, uh, I think that's a, it's a pretty nice deal for Canute.
0: All right. So then the next trade that Mark made was actually with you. Uh, He went out and he got Alvin Kamara. So with Derrick Henry on IR, Christian McCaffrey was on IR, now out the door, Mark was seeking to find that next stud running back. And he found it. He got Kamara from you. Um, He sent you Cole Komet. He sent you James Robinson. He sent you Tyler Johnson. He also sent you uh, So, uh, Ben's pick got traded again. He, he sent that trade. He got that in the McCaffrey trade from Sam. He now sent it to you. Um, so you now own 201. Um, and then you have Sam's 24 first, Mark's 24 first, Sam's 24 second, and Mark's 24 second. So um, I think, I don't want to, I mean, I think <laughs> Say you it. got a really good trade. For Christian for Alvin Kamara. I think you got some pieces you needed. You needed some more like good depth on your team. You have what could be a starting tight end in Cole Komet. Um James Robinson has proven his his ability to be a starting running back. And you know, Tyler Johnson just has had the unfortunateness of being in Tampa Bay with Chris Godwin, <laughs> Antonio Brown, and uh, Mike Evans. So Mike Evans has had a thousand yards and, and in every year, and now he's got Gronk. Mike Evans has had a thousand yards every year. He's been in Tampa Bay.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin just caught fifteen of seventeen targets yeah, on Sunday. Exactly. Like, so. one here here's the thing with Tyler Johnson. I, lo- I, I loved him when he was at when he was at the U. Hometown kid, like from Minneapolis, stayed home, Um but. The only reason why Johnson was not the only reason, but one of the big reasons why Johnson was a fifth round pick, I think, in the NFL was he's not fast. No, he's not. A, he's not a barn burner, but he's a possession um, receiver. Very few receivers do have that absolute game breaking speed. Like,
0: I mean, I remember like few, Adam Thielen like, never had that like super speed either. He he gained no. that, but he didn't. He didn't have that yeah. when he first
1: was here. So and and he's absolutely buried on that depth yeah. chart. Um, so Chris Godwin is not signed long term with the Bucks. He was franchise yep. tagged this year. Rumors are that he's going to f- going to find money elsewhere. Um, but if, even if he does stay at uh, stay in Tampa Bay, let's say they sign him to a deal in the offseason. Keep him there. Um, I'm fine with Tyler Johnson being a depth piece for me. I, I don't, I don't need to need to start Tyler Johnson, nor would I ever probably choose to start him. But I'll take him for the, he's 23. For the fact that he's young. He has great hands, can catch almost anything thrown to him, um, and he's a hometown kid. Like I want someone to root for, so I'll take. He's that a good uh, of, locker room guy. Absolutely is a great locker room guy, um, but also to take two firsts and two seconds, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with with the return I got for Kamara. What's next? I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a single running back that's gotten traded more this, in this league than Kamara. You you've traded him yourself just twice this year, and once last year. <laughs> so since, well, since you this traded started, him to Ben, I I drafted. Yeah, so I drafted Kamara. I traded Kamara to Ben. Ben, like a week and a half later, traded Kamara to Eli. Eli, this year, traded Kamara to me. And then I traded Kamara to Mark. That's four times. Four times in a year. In a season and a half. Year and a half plus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So... The, the, and the thing is with Kamara, he's 26, that I would rather sell a piece like Kamara a year early than a year too late, especially when I'm in between I wanted to contend this year. My team said now nah, we have other ideas. We're gonna be not very good. So for me, I'm like, okay, well, does Kamara really fit into my into my window of contending in a year and a half, two years, maybe? But I also don't know if I love the idea of having a twenty-eight-year-old running back um, be the focal—not the focal point, but like be a big piece of my of my aspirations. So that's kind of where I sit with that. And I'm like, well, I'll sell a year too early and a year too late. And to be quite honest with you, I'd love to see the league end. So um, <gasps> I got what I could for I got what I could for Kamara, and uh, I'm very happy with the return. Um, go and end this stupid thing mark so we can start over <laughs> yeah i would i mean i guess i wouldn't hate it and it's not it's not collusion it's not collusion cuz it's not like i sold them for a third right i got t- i got two starters a depth piece two firsts and two seconds like you can't say that i did that
0: well and like you, like you said earlier to, like know. before we were podcasting didn't you say like it, if it doesn't end then you still
1: have some really good pieces to build around right yeah right comet with Fields having a full off season,
0: uh, line in, in
1: Chicago, Allen Robinson's not going to be there. He's signing a, di- a deal somewhere else because there's no way Allen Robinson comes back to Chicago. Not a chance. No way. So there's targets right there. Um, James Robinson's only 23, and who knows what ETN's role in Jacksonville is going to be. Um, they wanted Kadarius Toney, but he got drafted before before they were on the clock, so they said, oh, well... We'll get uh, Lawrence's buddy Etienne in here. So who knows what that backfield is going to look like next year. But I like James Robinson in his age. Um, and not to mention, like I said, the, the first and the second, I'll take it.
0: Well, the next three are all trades by me. So do you kind of want to brush through these a little bit?
1: Yeah, I'll do it. Um, so you first sent Leonard Fournette for TD Lenny. Uh, to Chris for Ramondre Stevenson and a second. What year is that second? This year. Second. Year. I think it's Sam's. So it's a twenty-two second. Okay. So it'll be a late second, but uh, but that still absolutely holds some value. Um, I like that for you. The next, and we'll talk. We'll talk about this in in more depth, but I'll just breeze through all three of them. Uh, then you sent Zach Ertz and Khalil Herbert for Christian Kirk and Kenny Gainwell. That was between you and Jeremy. So Jeremy gets his. Uh, gets another starting tight end for depth, most likely. I can't imagine him starting Ertz in any of his flex spots or over Kittle. But if Kittle does get hurt, you get a, um, a
0: tight end, shockingly
1: one. product, shockingly productive tight end in Zach Ertz. I didn't see it coming this year. I don't know about you, but
0: I kind of did. Um, I was actually really considering holding him for the fact that he's really played well in Arizona. He is a free agent after this year, so he can he can choose then if he either, A, wants to stay in Arizona or, B, if he wants to go somewhere with a tight-end needy team. Um, so the only downfall is that he's going to be 32. Let's see. I think he, he is, is 31. 32. He will be 32 next season. Okay. So I'm like, he's still productive. He can still catch the ball really well. Um so, yeah, that was kind of my thought process. Get a younger receiver, get a uber-productive running back in Kenneth Gainwell. And then he got his handcuff to David Montgomery.
1: Yep. And he, Herbert's, looked at, Herbert's looked nice. Granted, the Chicago O-line is awful. But Herbert has a role in that offense, I'm convinced. Tariq Cohen hasn't played all year. I don't even know what his injury was but that's kind of the role that it looks like Herbert is is trying to fill is that hey, not even a third down back, but a change of pace. Uh-huh. And it, and like you said, it's a handcuff for Jeremy. Montgomery was already hurt this year. Doesn't hurt to get that kind of player and if you need to plug him into your lineup at some point.
0: And he's already surpassed Damian Williams.
1: Right, correct.
0: Um so then okay, so then my last trade that I made um was with ben i traded jalen hurts plus marks 22 second for pick 101 so i got pick 101 from ben and i also got uh pete's first round pick which i'm thinking is going to be right around 106 that 106 107 range um I don't know. I was really torn on whether or not I wanted to trade Hurts. Um, I've been under the impression, I personally love Jalen Hurts a lot. Um, and I was reading a lot on him. I like him. I just don't like the fact that if you shut down his legs, um, it's easy to to shut him down. Now, this I think he's only started... 15 games so you almost have to treat him as a rookie type running back and you're not just gonna didn't s- he start you're, a you're few not gonna s- last year he started like three or four at the end of the year
1: i could have swore he started oh well, yeah you're probably right I'll but
0: look. so something like that he started towards the end of the season once they pulled wentz um and so like you're not just gonna take the keys from him. I know the general manager loves him. Everyone was like, Oh yeah, Hertz is gone after this year. The general manager loves him. Yes, they have a lot of they have three first round picks. Now they've made theirs significantly higher. But their other two picks, I could easily see them going. They need some offensive line. Like if they go quarterback and keep Jalen like Jalen Hurts, then that's just ignorant in my mind. Like the quarterbacks in this draft aren't all that great there's only like a couple really that are first round level talent and if you go after the first round then essentially you have another Jalen Hurts type quarterback so I think they roll the dice they get an offensive lineman they get a little bit more defensive help and then with their higher end first round pick maybe they go and get another wide receiver because they could really use another wide receiver so I think Jalen Hurts is the quarterback in Philadelphia Gardner Minshew played really well last week but that's what a great backup should be able to do. That's why you go, you trade a sixth-round pick for Gardner Minshew, so that he can come in, win a game when you need it, and he's not going to do
1: that very often. Yeah, in the in the games last year that Hurts started, so it looks like it was the final four weeks of the final four weeks of the season. Looks like he came in halfway, um, halfway through. Through one of the weeks that that Wentz was officially benched, um, he had eight touchdowns to to five turnovers, so eight total touchdowns, uh, four in the air, um, three on the ground, so seven, um, seven touchdowns. So I think it was five turnovers, two fumbles lost, and three and three interceptions. So that's not a great ratio, but it's his first four starts in the in in the league this year, and I think that was just last year. And this year he's limited. Um, he's limited the, the fumbles. He's only lost one fumble. He is a little bit uh, prone to interceptions. He threw three uh, two couple weeks ago um, with no touchdowns and threw, and had thrown two in a game uh, prior. I think it was week three versus Dallas. But y- you brought up the argument of, oh, he's if you take away his legs, he's, uh, he's not a great thrower over the football. You can honestly probably say that, like, I don't know how much how much water that argument holds because teams haven't taken away his legs. He's been running every single game. Like It's not like, oh, he ran for two games, ran for a couple touchdowns in a couple games, and he's been held scoreless on the ground. He had three rushing touchdowns a couple weeks ago. So it's like, yes, that's a nice hypothetical for why Hurts isn't a great thrower of the football, but if they're smart enough in Philadelphia, they're going to design their offense around his legs and say, hey, man, like, this is an asset that most quarterbacks not named you or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray really don't have. So we're going to utilize it and we're going to spread defenses thin. And if you have to make a couple throws, we'll ask you to make a couple throws, but really we're going to keep it fairly conservative um, and let you make those decisions. So I think, I think getting hurts for two firsts that will most likely be top, what top five, top six picks. Cause my, it's the, i got the other or my my first was the other one that was sent
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's great. I think that's great for Ben and I think it's great for you. I'm not mad at Ben sending 101 because hey, if I like Hurts more than any of these unproven quarterbacks, I'll take that and he's still young. Like that's what I'm thinking for Ben is like, hey, get a known commodity. Right. Like get get someone who you know, hey, this guy held down a starting job minus injury for, for a whole year and was top five, top seven, whatever Hurts is going to end up finishing at. Like, yeah, dude, you can't – Lawrence hasn't looked the part. Tua hasn't looked the part. Hurts has at least looked the part. Like, go with that and, hey, say screw it, man. Like, at some point I got to get bodies on my in my lineup to actually, like, back and play. And if he thinks that Hurts can play, I don't fault him for that one bit. Yeah, I and I agree. Like I, I know, and I know he can throw the ball too.
0: Like against Dallas, yeah, he had the two interceptions, but he was also slinging it. Like he threw it almost forty times. He had thirty-nine attempts. He threw it for three hundred and twenty-six yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And then he followed it up in in Kansas City, and threw it forty-eight times, three hundred and eighty-seven yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers, and he yeah. rushed for forty-seven yards.
1: And he's had how many touchdowns on the ground this year? Three, five, seven, eight. Eight rushing touchdowns to go with uh to go with however many passing touchdowns he has. I don't even know how many rushing touchdowns Kyler had last year. Was it in the double digits? Something like that?
0: I don't even know. I don't even want to guess either. <laughs> he's only got so he's only got two no. games. He's only got two games where he hasn't scored at least with with passing or running, and that is week 8 versus Detroit and now week 12 versus the Giants. So two, it's so really funny cuz two really bad teams were able to like completely stop him. <laughs> but then he's beat he's beat he's you know, he's done really well against San Francisco, Dallas, Kansas City, Right. Tampa Bay. <laughs> like it's it's just funny the teams that he's got big big numbers against versus the teams that are bad where he struggled.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a it's a good move for both. Um, You now have who Burrow and who else has your quarterback? That's it. That's it. So
0: I think I'll likely be going quarterback at one hundred and one.
1: If are you keeping it? Most yeah, I'm
0: likely going to keep one hundred and one unless someone blows me away with some quarterback. Unless uh, Jeremy wants to trade me Herbert.
1: (laughs) Uh. Some of our listeners just got a little upset. I'm not going to name <laughs> you, but Chris' final trade was Canute and Wisconsin Dan. Canute uh, sends, sends Dalton Schultz in a 22 fifth round pick for Tyler Boyd and a 22 second. So Canute uh, is saying bye bye to all sorts of talent on his roster. KJ Osborne, Dalton Schultz; those are both those are those are both gone. He did get Tyler Boyd, who just had what I think almost 100 yards in the air. Uh, for Cincinnati, and he gets a twenty twenty two second. My thoughts are, I mean, at some point, Knut, you have you are gonna have too many picks. Like, I, like you can scroll on his like if you are on the sleeper app, you can see like how many picks uh, a a team has. It's a good two or three like full screen scrolls to get to the bottom of of the picks that Knut has. It's a lot, and I asked him yesterday because he and I were talking about Schultz, and I was like. I was like dude like at at some point like w- what are you gonna do like if you have three first round picks and five second round picks and three third round picks you don't even have expanded roster space for all these guys right like you just <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah like because we do expand our we do expand our rosters in the off season to to be able to uh, accommodate for guys that were on our IR in the regular season and same like for drafting and all that stuff we have expanded rosters I think it goes up to I'm not sure the, the number of spots we have, but I'm like, dude, if you're drafting three for, and you keep all these picks, he's like, I have a plan for these picks. And I'm like, I'm dying to know what it is. Cause I'm not convinced he does.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of picks to have a plan for It's so many. Yeah. That's a lot of picks to have a plan for.
1: That's for sure. Like that's, that's seven picks. If you don't even count the thirds that he has. Like I'm, I'm curious now, like how many does this guy actually have? But, um, I would have held Dalton Schultz if I were Canute, uh, Blake Jarwin is not the tight end one in Dallas, uh, no matter how, how much commish will, will scream his name from the rooftops. Uh, his name is Dalton Schultz. Um, and tight ends are, are hard to come by, um. Wisconsin Dan's already got one of them in Dallas Goddard, and he just got another one in Schultz. So great move uh, for Dan. DF, great move for Dan. Tyler Boyd is is twenty seven. Um, he's the third wide receiving option, maybe fourth behind Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Um, he's always been a possession guy anyway. He's not going to get into the end zone, so um, get a red zone target like Dalton Schultz, uh, and give up a second for him. Basically, I'll uh, I'll take that absolutely.
0: all right i think that pretty much wraps up all of our um trades i mean just to kind of recap some some of the bigger names christian mccaffrey alvin Kamara, um jalen hurts dot da, da, uh dalton schultz like it's
1: leonard Len- Fournette. i mean yeah
0: leonard Fournette. i mean yeah he's he's played well as of late um some some crazy and you took it
1: ad- you took advantage of that for sure
0: i did i got i got kind of lucky i got kind of lucky there lucked out with uh because i traded cd lamb in that trade for leonard fournette so it wasn't for leonard fournette Yikes. it was for jk dobbins leonard fournette was just included <laughs> there you go um, and
1: and van jefferson yeah and some other guys yeah
0: so that is about it. Um, let's go over some of the previews. It's not necessarily going to be a preview of who versus who. You know, we'll go over that just a little bit. Like we said, top seven scores all get three victory points this week. So it doesn't matter if you win. Doesn't matter if you lose. Just as long as your team scores a lot of points, you get three victory points. Um, the first matchup we have is the Bach Bowl um so obviously that's Ben and Pete um Pete you've obviously done a little bit of restructuring um I don't think you're gonna be (laughs) I'm
1: following I'm following Knute's example (laughs)
0: yeah um Ben just got his third quarterback so he might who knows? He might pull out three victory look out, points. Look out, dude.
1: Okay. Here's, here's what I'm saying. I'm not at all confident in my team's ability to score more than 75 points. I don't think I've done it in like four weeks or so. So, Ben, I think the threshold is if this were a head-to-head matchup, um, but this is definitely for bragging rights. Um, I mean, in the last league, I was the, I was the doormat for every team. It was like my points against were like... 2000 points against. I would just get absolutely demolished every single week, but I'm wanting to start this league off with uh with some decent some decent um victories when it comes to head-to-head matchups. So, I don't know if this uh if this is going to be one of those matchups. I honestly think Ben might outscore me in this one. Um just cuz my team is ass. Like it's just bad. <laughs> My team's just, it's just bad, dude. I don't I don't have much else to say. I don't, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be top seven in scoring. I'm going to be sitting at what, what am I, what am I at? 15 victory points, 16 victory points? Something like that, yeah. That's going to be, I was so confident this year. Like when, when, when Knute put out his, his projections and it was like low 20s victory points, I was like, get out of here, dude. I'm like top five playoff seed, like with a bullet. And that was before trading for Tyreek. I was so confident. And then, uh, and then it didn't. And now I'm just sad and broken.
0: It'll be okay.
1: Don't tell Probably me Probably
0: not, but I'm going to say that.
1: That's why I'm rooting for Mark. Go Mark, go baby. Mark, go. <laughs>
0: um. So then the next matchup we have is Matt versus Jeremy. This is, um, so these were set after week one when Matt took down Jeremy, who myself had Jeremy <laughs> running the table. Um, and then Matt, the team who I had winning one match this week, uh, beat him. So did not envision that, obviously. So we have the rematch, Matt versus Jeremy. Can the little team that could do it again? <laughs>
1: That would, be, that would make almost 50% of Matt's wins for the year, uh, according Jeremy. to Sleeper, would be, would be against Jeremy. Two out of the five victories would be against Jeremy. And uh, for Jeremy, a uh, solid 66% of his losses would have been at the hand of the little team that could. <laughs> two out of the three. That would be, that would be awesome. Having the league <laughs> champ have three losses on the year, according to Sleeper, and two of them be to the same team. Who just so happened to be bottom three in the entire league. That'd be great. <laughs> that, Can we root for that? That would be like, that I'm, would be I'm really rooting funny. for that to happen. That'd be really funny. I would love Travis Kelsey has hundred and sixty yards and three touchdowns. Lockett has uh, a bunch of yards. Lockett. Lockett goes for a couple tutties. Um Justin Fields, Justin Fields Mar- uh, goes uh, dumb. Who else? Uh Randy's Martin I'm looking <laughs> No, they're on bye, so he's not poor. Corn dog. Hunt, Hunter, Renf- Hunter, Renfro. Hunter Renfro gets like 100 yards. <laughs> like two touchdowns. Uh, that'd be just career days from every single one of Matt's people, only to eke out a victory from Jeremy by like five points.
0: No, that would get him to score. He'd score like 175 points,
1: and Jeremy will score like 260. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: probably. What? Because Jeremy put up 231 this past week. We didn't even talk about
0: that. No, we didn't even talk about last week. Jeremy put up freaking two hundred and thirty points. Not even fair.
1: The most, the most points in league history.
0: <sighs> I think that's the second time he's done that. He beat his own record.
1: Yep. So he's got two out of the top five. At least two out of the top five scores. If not, like
0: three. I think this is his third time scoring of 200 all time.
1: Because he did it earlier this year. I don't know if he'd done it before that.
0: Almost two hundred then.
1: But I'll. I'll anyways. Look. Um,
0: yeah, so that's the Matt versus Jeremy, the rematch. We have we have a grudge match against Chris and Mark. They both hate each other's guts. Um, <laughs> so this is a perfect one. Um, they both hate each other, so this will be a fun one to watch. We're definitely going to hear a lot of... This is definitely for bragging rights, because whoever wins is definitely going to
1: brag to the other one a lot.
0: Um for which matchup chris versus mark
1: i mean mark mark's team name is one time defending failed champ, so if uh i mean, yeah, both these teams are are going for the championship, but this would be a nice notch in that belt uh for sure well it's it's and i think and i think honestly there like there is there is playoff seating that still needs to get ironed out um so this isn't a oh mail it in for week fourteen like hope my guys stay healthy. It's no, I like they need their guys to have good weeks if they want to be able to. If there's a certain matchup that they're hoping for, um, they're absolutely playing for something this week. So it's not at all a quote like mini buy for these teams. It's no, there are absolutely implications to be uh, to be had and considered um, with these kind of matchups. Because
0: you want to win. 'Cause it doesn't matter head to head, but you wanna you wanna win, which means you scored more points than the other person and you hope that they score not as not top seven. Right. Because obviously the top uh, other top five top five picks are or the top five playoff people are locked in. They're not gonna be knocked out. So it's just no. like who's gonna score the most points? Obviously we think that those five people are going to be five out of the top seven scores. That's how it should work. Um so they're just looking for maybe like two to three other no-name teams to score more points than someone else, so they can outscore them in victory points. It's it's going to be interesting.
1: Uh, the yeah. matchup that you are have a, a vested interest in is the <laughs> Rock and Cows Bowl. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> That's a great name. I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we came up with these. Um, Rock and Cow's Bowl. Canute versus Bort. Um, Bort, you're much closer to the playoffs than uh, than Canute, but you still have an outside. Uh, you're still on the outside looking in. So two non-playoff teams going at each other, obviously for bragging rights. Um, is there anything you want to say to a, a defenseless Canute? He can't uh, defend himself right now. Is there anything you'd like to say? Canute,
0: your team sucks. You don't stand a chance. Uh, you'll be lucky if you even score 65 points this
1: week. You have too many picks.
0: Yeah, your picks don't mean shit. They're like, 75% (laughs) of them are fourth rounders and greater, so.
1: (laughs) Saying what we all really feel. (laughs) Good luck, Knut. Your team sucks.
0: You suck. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs)
1: no i don't this is what happens when you have when you have lifelong neighbors uh being the same fantasy <laughs> the
0: lifelong neighbors co-workers you name it but um yeah no i don't think. i mean knut's team just isn't there i don't think he will put up very many points i personally uh, believe that knut will be joining ben in the waffle house challenge i think that uh, Canute, Canute <laughs> is the worst team remaining. I think that every other team in the toilet bowl
1: can beat him. Um, that would make that would make going to Waffle House two time like twice as twice as enjoyable for everybody. else. Yeah, because you got two people there. <laughs> okay, so so then do let's say Canute and Ben and well, here let's wrap up matchups and then we'll do some speculation regarding the Waffle House challenge. Um, the next next. Uh, Rivalry Week matchup is the Dan Bowl, DFT versus Texas Dan. Again, two uh, non-playoff teams. I feel like this is a this is a thread or um, um, recurring, uh, a theme, yeah. a theme. Yeah, there are lots of non-playoff teams that are playing each other. So it's uh, hey, you're bad, I'll be bad too, and we'll uh, we'll play each other for for points. Um, not much to mar- to mark off or to note regarding this matchup. Um, I do think it's interesting that Texas Dan took almost all of his players off of his taxi squad, like what, two, three weeks into the season? <laughs> yeah. Um so he tried to be competitive and it uh it, it didn't it didn't pay off at least this year. So It almost um, did. I thought full, he was going full to full and open he's got a full and open taxi squad for uh for um his draft picks if he has any picks this next year. So um and then uh Wisconsin Dan vetted all of the tra- vetted all of the players he traded for. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a great uh, locker room presence, and uh, um, we'll see how that shakes out for Week 14, having uh, Schultzy in the lineup.
0: Okay, so I know the next one is the doll bowl, Sam versus Eli, but just for the sake of competition, I would love if Kamish, because it's Kamish versus Josh, which is the Vikings versus the Packers Bowl. And Kamish versus Josh, they always talk shit about each other. Whenever Kamish gets on here, he always has something bad to say about Josh's team. Uh, So it's really funny. (laughs) So it's a great matchup for them. I really want to see, I wish Kamish would go in and change the matchup, Eli versus Josh for this one, just so we can watch the points go up against each other. Because if Josh outscores, I mean, if Josh even scores... Oh, that'd be Eli, you know Eli needs to make up twenty one point three points. Like, can we just make their matchup versus each other after we go through this? That would be super fun to watch.
1: So I don't have to keep tabs on two matches; just one.
0: Just got to keep tabs because really, just got to keep keep tabs on one matchup, and it's Eli and Josh.
1: And it'd be uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be so cool to be able to like click in and say, okay, going into going into Monday night. I don't even know what the Monday night matchups are. Um, but let's say, let's say Josh has a a player going, let's say they each have a player going up into Monday night. I would love to be able to, to watch that. And okay. Eli has, Eli has nine points to make up. Um, I don't know. I think that'd be great. So I second that idea commission. If we can make that happen, that would be, that would be awesome. But keep the, for, for like the spreadsheet, um, sake and the, the rivalry matchup records, uh, sake we can we can keep it as if eli is playing sam but sleeper would show that eli is playing josh i would i would also vote okay
0: so just a fun fact real quick eli is scheduled for 122 points josh is scheduled for 107
1: oh that's (laughs) that's close that's close to that 21 points
0: to what 122 to 107
1: okay Quick math says that's a 15 point difference. And Eli
0: needs 20. And say Eli would only. Points.
1: Eli needs, let's say, no, he needs more than 22. No, he, he
0: needs 21.2. So he needs like 22 points.
1: Okay. Okay. So he needs an additional seven yeah. points. The ho- okay, now I got to look. Does he have anybody going Monday night? Ooh, but that. He's got Ronde He's got. He's got Rondale Moore going on Monday night against the Rams. The rest of his players are either Thursday or Sunday afternoon. He's got A.J. Dillon Sunday night. Um, And then Josh has – let me pull it up here. So
0: Josh needs to substitute Logan Thomas out of his lineup. He's at zero.
1: Josh Josh has Kyler Murray Monday night versus the Rams. So it will be Rondale Moore (gasps) – and Rondale, Rondale Moore for Eli, Kyler Murray for Josh on Monday
0: night. Monday night magic. <laughs> <laughs> Commission, please, please just put Eli versus Josh this week.
1: We need it. We need it. But every yeah, everybody else for, everybody else for uh, for Josh's Sunday at noon. Oh, he's got he's got Slayton at the three o five game, but. So Eli has two players, Big Ben and Najee, on Thursday versus the Vikings, and he's got Rondale more on Monday. And then uh, Josh has Kyler, his most important player, uh, Monday night as well. Teammates too, which will be interesting.
0: Yeah, is Kyler going to throw to Rondale? Because if, if Kyler throws a touchdown to Rondale, Kyler gets four, Rondale gets six.
1: So – let's say let's say it's a 20 yard touchdown pass. Kyler would get 5 points. He'd get 1 point for the for the 20 yards cuz it's every 20 yards in the air passing is a point for the quarterback uh-huh. plus the 4 for the touchdown. Rondale would get a full point for the reception. He'd get 2 points, so it'd be 3 points, so it'd be 5 versus 9. Points no. if Rondale
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because six points for yeah. the touchdown reception and three for the a reception point for the for the actual reception, and yeah, three for the reception in yards. So Rondale, if you're rooting for Eli, you want Rondale to to catch a lot of short passes and have touchdowns. And if you're rooting for Kyler, you want rushing touchdowns from Kyler.
0: Yep. Holy
1: oh, that's gonna be good.
0: And <laughs> thing that sucks, for, I Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> is going up against minnesota and i know everyone wants to crap on us minnesota leads the nfl in sacks and big ben is not mobile we should be able to get to him
1: how is that possible with we haven't had hunter in three weeks and everson hasn't played in two like how i don't know i feel like we haven't even sacked a quarterback in a week and a half we have like
0: 30 some sacks
1: Yeah, I don't know. Did we touch on the on the uh, Vikes and Pac Bowl enough? Um, I mean, what do we got?
0: Okay, so Pete versus Ben, non playoff matchup. Matt and Jeremy. Yep. Jeremy's already in the playoffs. I mean, Commission Josh. Josh is fighting for a playoff spot.
1: Commission's already locked his spot up, so I don't think he really cares too much. Jo- and one and Jonathan can't. Jonathan can't leapfrog Mark, Sam, Chris, or Jeremy for playoff seeding. Jo- Jonathan's locked in at five because he has 27 victory points. Mark has 31. So even if Mark isn't top seven and Jonathan is, it's still 31.
0: Yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy's looking to out to... I mean, all he needs is a top seven score. He's got number one locked up. He's, Chris and Sam, that's yep. a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, Chris leads mm-hmm. Sam by about 32 points. So Chris needs to be a top seven score and he needs to outscore Sam by 30. Well, he doesn't need to outscore Sam. He needs, well, let me see. He just can't be outscored by Sam by 32 points. So essentially he just needs to outscore Sam just by a little bit. Um, Sam, obviously in third wants to outscore Chris by 32 points. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Mm Mark, Mark, Mark needs Sam to not be Mark needs Chris and Sam to both be not top 7 scoring teams and that would thrust him into second if he can be a top 7 scoring team but that I mean so really only one team is solidified in the playoffs on their spot um and that's that's Jonathan, Jonathan. I mean from, from so a lot of from thi- a lot of thi- one to 4 is is separated by two victory points.
1: Yeah, a lot of things are possible, I would also say in that same breath, a lot of thi- or not a lot of things are plausible. Right. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's plausible that Jeremy isn't a top 7 scorer. Right. I don't think it's plausible that that Sam scores 32 more points more than Chris, and I don't think it's plausible that Jeremy, Chris and Sam are all not top 7 while Mark is. <laughs> Um, oh is it possible yeah absolutely you know what i mean like,
0: i mean it's possible that one of them is not the a top seven score but it won't happen that sure so mark two could, or mark, three
1: no no it won't it won't happen where every every team that that mark is going or is uh, behind is gonna is gonna have a stinker um,
0: so mark could pass see that one of them possible. and like would mark rather fa- see the thing is is mark would like to have one of them not be a top seven score, because then he faces Eli or Josh instead of right Kamish. I feel like a Mark Mark would beat an Eli or Josh, but I don't think he would beat commish.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's a conversation for for next week probably. Yeah,
0: definitely, it's gonna be a fun one to watch. Um, do we want to give our uh our fire and ice picks for the week?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Um I'm rooting for Eli so I got Diggs having a monster game against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Um they'll all be happy to be out of Buffalo for the week. Um I think Diggs has a has a pretty good game against a fairly decimated Tampa Bay secondary. So, Diggs is my fire pick and someone by the name of Josiah Deguara is my ice pick. He's a tight end for Green Bay, apparently. Only Sam knew that. Um I don't even think Josh knew uh knew that Josiah Deguara is a is a Packer, but if he was gonna be on a roster, it was gonna be either on Josh's or Sam's. And it just so happens that uh he's not only on Sam's roster, but he's in his lineup. So he's my uh he's my ice pick.
0: Yeah, I really I don't want to pick any team that I'm rooting for for a fire pick because, like, I really wanted to go with, like, a T. Higgins because could he keep his hot streak going? <laughs> I think he could. He had a day. He had two weeks where he had days. Um. But, hmm, for the sake of fun, let's say, I don't even know. Hmm. This just shows how much I have put into this. This week, we are going to say that um, Deontay Johnson is going to torch the Vikings secondary. Oh. Um, And then for my ice pick, let's see here. I'm going to go my ice pick with... Sony Michelle versus Arizona. There we go. Coming right. off a big week, Arizona is going to shut them down. There you have it. There we go. All
1: right. Thanks for listening, Thanks for everyone. Listening.
0: Bye.